Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saltalamacchia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. 1-0 to Odor, the pitch hit in the air, deep to right field, and down the line. This one is going to go! A three-run homer! Rubened Odor again! And the Padres are back in front. It's 8-6. to six. Another great home run call. Aren't they great? They are so awesome. I love home run calls. Baseball isn't boring. Thank you so much, Jesse Agler, for giving us the home run call of the day. 97-3, the fan in San Diego. Rudnit Ordor hits the three-run homer with two outs in the ninth inning to give San Diego, oh, my goodness. Talk about a much-needed win, a much-needed win. So, great home run goal, great moment for San Diego. Speaking of great moments, how about the Orioles? They just keep on rolling. 5-1 road trip, beating Toronto, New York, back-to-back on the road, Latest one, they beat the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Now only two games back in the loss column, the Rays. We're going to get more to the Orioles next week, I promise. They deserve a loop back when it comes to some attention. They are absolutely rolling. Well, speaking of loop backs, let's loop back to what this game has become in 2023. The good, the bad. We've had plenty of conversations from plenty of players, plenty of executives, plenty of managers, everybody. Is it better off? I think for the most part, people think it is, but there are definitely going to have to be some changes. So who did we turn to to find out what it should look like in 2024? The most polarizing person in baseball, perhaps, I don't know, Agent Scott Boris. Sat down with Scott Boris, and all I wanted to ask him was, how do you want baseball to look in 2024? What changes needed to be made? That's as simple as that. He knows at BB isn't boring, social accounts, a damn near perfect game the book, swing juice the gear, all of that. 2024, keep buying it just like you are buying it in 2023. Keep going to those socials more and more and more. Keep subscribing, keep listening, keep reviewing, keep liking, all of it. All right, we appreciate that. But there are changes in baseball that we, other than those things that we know to be true. And Scott Boris has some ideas, and that's why he was a great guy to sit down and have on the podcast this time around. So, so we know we know what um, we know what 2023 looks like. But as a guy who's always a forward-thinking person, 
What do you think? Well, give me give me some of the things again. I know you've probably been thinking about this. Yeah, we're gonna we need 27, 28 man rosters because we're gonna we've got to protect the starting pitchers. Pitch clock is gassing a lot of these guys. It's very difficult now to get through five innings. Um, I think we need to adjust a rule where after three innings pitched by a starter that he goes from 15 to 20 seconds so he can get time to catch his breath so that we can get less injury factors throwing out of slot, throwing rushed, throwing fatigued. I think we need to do that for the starter, not for any of the other pitchers. I think we definitely got to extend the number of pitchers we have in a major league team. So we're, we're going to see a whole host of guys with 65 to 75 appearances out of the bullpen. We've got to cut that back. We need to have that 14-man pitching staff minimum, maybe 15, that would allow for clubs to, you know, you start out with 14, 27 guys, and then by the June 1st, you can go to 15 so that you can keep your starters' innings down and also have a bullpen where you keep the number of appearances by your bullpen down so you can rest these guys because we're having problem keeping great relievers healthy. They're in the league for two or three years and they're out because we're throwing them 70 appearances and, mm-hmm. and we're, we're overusing them. They're throwing three days in a row. We have all of these things that the modern game were when we're fatiguing our starters because of the pitch clock that we, we can't get them to go the innings they used to go and they're also throwing harder mm-hmm. so to preserve pitching and really create solid careers for relief pitchers and starters and that will allow us also to bring up young kids into the big leagues and maybe develop them in the bullpens where we don't have to pitch them but a required number of innings that we would monitor them in the minor leagues we can increase the health of our pitching at the big league level, increase the quality of our game, allow managers to not extend quality relievers, and uh, we can stop position players from throwing so many innings, which makes the game look ridiculous. (laughs) Those kinds of things that we can adjust. Um, I think on the idea of uh, base running, and, and such, we've got to change the rule where at third base that it's not a throwover. Yep. They can always hold a runner at third, first and second. You can keep the rules the way they are where it's limited to two. But at third base, I don't want a guy three-quarters of the way down the line because after he threw to first and second twice, he can't throw to third base. Mm-hmm. That's a rule, obviously, that's injurious to the hitter. It's also... For a guy with speed, really advantageous. It affects the hitter, affects the pitcher. I don't think we want that in our game. So that rule needs to be adjusted for third base where you're not limited in the number of throws that you can make over there. I want to go back to, because I this was something that came up. I was talking to a couple pitchers about the injuries. about um, And Kenley Jansen was on, he was on this podcast about, um, talk, he was pretty blunt about it. Like, he, he gave the analogy of that you rev a car that fast and that hard, a tube's going to blow, right? And especially when you're, like, trying to throw as hard as you, harder than ever. Um, 
we don't know what this is going to look like even in June, July, and August. But it's not trending well, right? But to, to your point. No, you, you, you've got something that I think the game is, is uh, better for, shortening the game. However, what is, you have to make the health and safety aspect of this, now that we're aware of it, we have to adjust to it. Mm. And, and that has become a big factor because all of a sudden we're seeing fatigued players trying to repeat things that keep them healthy mm. and that's arm slot it's release points mm. all those things you've got tired legs you got all those elements of this and and you know i've got highly compensated veteran starters that are gassed after the fourth and fifth inning they need a little more time to catch their mm -hmm. breath mm -hmm. and so the point is if you do that just for the starters that extend themselves for a couple innings i don't think it's going to affect the time element much mm. and i also think it's going to protect the, particularly the highly compensated veteran players. But this relief part, we're injuring a lot of people, we're shortening careers, and we're going to decrease the talent in our game because many of our great relievers are being utilized at the point because we don't have the volume. And now that they limited the rule, we can only send down guys, you know, once every day. And, and we want to grow play. We, we really need, under this time frame, we need to expand the roster so that it can adjust to the demands of the of the shortened time uh, that the uh, game has now evolved into. Is there, we all, obviously you had a good handle of what baseball was going to look like, but is there anything as this has evolved that has been more dramatic or something that you, like you said, oh wow, this is more than I thought it would be or different than I thought it would be? Oh, I think the, the uh, certainly the shift factors have had a dramatic improvement mm. on all my left-handed hitters. <laughs> there is no doubt that you get that, you go to a game and you hit a ball hard and you're rewarded. That's what I think our game should, made it more pure, made it more real. Mm -hmm. The bias against the left-handed hitter has been removed. Those types of players are better players. We're seeing, you know, a good example, I'm seeing a number of young players that came up here and struggled. They're now doing better because they're getting the pull hits mm -hmm. when they're hitting them. Kellenic in Seattle's an example of a player who's really done better because he got some key hits early in the season. Yeah. Joey Gallo, those kinds of players are, are now hitting 40, 50 points higher pro far. I mean, a guy like Seeger is going to dramatically benefit from this. He's playing at extreme levels. <coughs> so I think that has really given a, a truth to the game that we lost with the uh, putting players out of position, traditional position. The, also the athleticism required at second base now. You are seeing a different brand of player play second base, a defensive orientation mm -hmm. rather than an offensive orientation that we saw with the shift. And I think it's a much better game because of it. It's more athletic and, and more evolved. Do you, um and I love the, how you say the, a truth to the game. I had never heard that. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. And do you feel like baseball, there has been some adjustments, but in baseball it will be open-minded enough to make like the adjustments that you're talking about? Because we, we do. We, we think we know, but we don't. When we, when we start seeing highly compensated veterans not being able to deliver the innings that their skill would normally allow mm -hmm. due to the fact that they're – uh, really, their normal skill level is compensated by the fact that they're out of breath 
due to the speed requirements of the game. Mm. This is something we need to adjust. I also think that when we get to the postseason, <laughs> this time clock thing is of little interest anymore because it's the postseason. And I want these guys thinking. I want them doing things that they normally do. So because they're at the end of the season, they're fatigued, they're, on, they're pitching the extra month, they're doing all those things. This is how we reserve our talent, how we keep it in the game. It's what we do. I know when I get knockdown pitches, the umpire has to have the freedom to say no 15 seconds. I'm going to allow the guy to get back up. Otherwise, we're going to start seeing a ton of knockdown pitches yeah, yeah. and those kinds of things that play. The other thing is equipment at first base. Where guys go in and they got to change their gloves to protect their hands and they got to do things. We can't have guys leading off base putting on their gloves, yeah. putting on their protectors, well, doing all those things. We got to compensate for that, too. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember Yoshida when he came back from the WBC. The first time he was sort of caught off guard, and now you see him sprint the first. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that like with the umpire's discretion is another part of this, right? Is that and maybe I don't know. You pay closest attention to anybody to anybody about this. Do you see the umpires adjusting to it or not? I don't know. I saw Cody Bellinger. Um, he came back to LA first time. Yeah. The umpire gave him a strike, took it a bat away, essentially, because the fans of an audience want to revere a player, which is exactly what we want in baseball. Right. I called the commissioner's office, and I said, they said, no, no, the umpire has the discretion. And I go, well, you need to tell the umpires to read that that's okay, because apparently they don't have the discretion, because they're obviously following this in a regimented factor. Yeah. So I don't think... It's our burden or the player's burden to say, hey, are you giving me this? He's got to let him know, hey, when you come up and you're coming back to your home city for the first time yeah. and you've left, you've got to have that down. You know, another factor of it is, is that when you have an intentional baseball ball, I'm watching guys stepping into the on-deck circle because they're just stepping in and they say, go take first. Now these guys are rushing to get their equipment yeah, yeah, yeah. on. So when we have an intentional pass, now the seconds go from 15 to 20 to give the guy the additional time he needs to ready himself for an at-bat. Yeah. Th those kinds of things are are people may think they're diminished but when you're a baseball player and all of a sudden you're doing your normal course of warming up and all of a sudden you're immediately in the batter's box and you're you're rushed to do it because you have to you can't have two people in the on deck circle that violates a rule so yeah. you you've got to have only one to get ready to hit so all those things need to have adjustments. do you so. think they factored in the difference between like the minor leagues and the major leagues enough because this is another thing oh we did in the minors but we all knew that you can't simulate, to your point, the eighth and ninth inning in a major league game. You can't do it in the Grapefruit League. You can't do it in the minor league. Do you think that they, because that's what they lean on, right? We did this in the minor leagues and it worked. Well, I think the, the product of what we're doing here, remember there's pageantry up here. There's theater up here. There's an audience that you really want to entertain with the presence of players that does not exist in the minor leagues. So you, when you have that on the stage and fans want that and they're used to it, we don't want to in any way prevent that from unfolding and happening for the, uh, the real ambiance of what our game is. And it's personal. You know, a player returns to an audience and he hasn't been back. They want to say hello, congratulate, or in fact, 
some instances boo. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, it's part of what the pageantry of our game is, and we don't want to lose that. The key thing is, we have got a, an extraordinary number of health and safety factors that this advancement and compression of the game has caused that we need to adjust to, and we need to really sit down and study about what the IL time is. Like, having pitchers on the IL for 15 days, too long. Mm -hmm. I understand we had the manipulation at 10, do it at 12. Right, right. You know, those kinds of things. So you can really look and say, what is it that we need to do to titrate this so that we can get the guy the needed time, but we get to bring him back where he doesn't have to miss three starts, he yeah. just missed two. Yeah. And so those are things that that I think are simply uh, equated and looked at that can be uh, immediately addressed. So the last thing is, I ask everybody this simple question, no wrong answer. Why isn't baseball boring? Because this is the, why isn't baseball boring for you? Well, I don't know why someone uses those two words together, <laughs> you know. And so when you, when you say that and you come to the fact that our attendance is that we have 81 ball games for everybody to come to. Why is our attendance three and four times? What, I mean, go ahead and, and make football to where they're going to be playing 81 games in their home market. Yeah. How many are going to be coming to every game? <laughs> and the answer to that is that those are event sports. Yeah. To correlate event sports to a life sport mm -hmm. is not an equation that you should be drawing a comparative analysis to. Mm -hmm. If you want to do that, then I'll say, well, okay, the number of baseball fans we have relative to the other sports, and it's usually four times, right? Yeah. We're not filling a 20,000-seat arena at night. Yeah. You know, we're doing this thing where we got 40, 50,000 every night coming to their audience 81 times. Good weather, bad weather. It is not a controlled environment, yeah. you know? Yeah. So when you think about all those things that affect baseball to suggest that those comparative analyses are there. The one thing I do know, though, is that the traditions of our game, because there is personal involvement in it now with gaming and all other factors, mm. those things are trending in a great direction. Mm. And the other thing is, is that our sport, because of the volume of tele televised content, we have got to figure out the streaming industry. Mm -hmm. It is not a problem of baseball, it's a problem of streaming. Mm -hmm. They've got so many companies that have come into it, they have taken the product and liquidated it to where people don't know how to make money with it. Mm -hmm. As soon as they understand how to figure that out and the number of streaming companies that are legally uh, in tune with one another, mm -hmm. the rights are now given and there's four or five of them, watch what happens to the valuations and again, my point about why we need a CEO of baseball, we need a CEO to have a grasp of those things, to understand what we do, to where, what platforms we use, how do we control the platforms, what do we do with our content, because the great thing about baseball is content and king, and that's why it's going to be so successful for these owners and things as we go forward. And then the other, my last point is, why we don't have World Series week, I have yet to figure out. I've been prompting that for 25 years one city everybody knows in advance making an international event entertainment gala home run derby give out all the awards yeah. all those things i it love would, that it would the pageantry of that would be unbelievable and it would be like super bowl week uh with an opportunity to see an actual real game yeah. that is 
meaningful to a championship six or seven times in one city. Wow. I love that. 